Welcome back to Off the Table, and today we're going to be talking about episode four from season eight of the HBO series Game of Thrones, specifically the episode titled The Last of the Starks. And man, we're getting close to the end here. Everything's wrapping up, and I'm not sure how I'm feeling about that. Well, I'm just going to go right on the record now saying I did not like this episode. And I don't say that about very many episodes of Game of Thrones, but I was kind of disappointed with this episode i just i thought the writing was very subpar things seem to be going really fast right now and uh yeah it's hard i guess to go from like a show that i really thought in the beginning was like there's so much character development to well i mean i feel like i'm just i'm just hanging on for the ride now things are happening pretty fast and and sometimes the logic I'm not able to follow as clearly, I guess. Well, I think part of the problem is that we don't have any very many episodes left, but we have a lot of plot to wrap up. And I felt like the first two episodes of this season was the pacing was very slow. And now all of a, all of a sudden, we have to like rush through time and rush through wrapping up all these plots that, and there's not enough time to do it, that it just makes it feel it takes away some of the authenticity for me. Like I know in this last episode, we are supposed to understand that some time has gone by, but when you have one scene where John is telling Sansa and Arya his big secret, and then in the very next scene, Sansa is basically telling Tyrion, it just I understand some time was supposed to go by in between there, but it makes it seem like there was no time and that she just like straight up tells Tyrion like later that day. Yeah. It just takes away from the story. It pulls you out of the story. And there was so much ground to cover. And I I, you know, I don't even think we could fit it all into a podcast episode. So let's just hit some of the big bumps and we'll, we'll leave some things out. Uh, but something I did like, I thought the beginning, the starting off with the burning of the dead was, you know, uh, a cinematic, uh, a little corny, but it was a way to kind of acknowledge like, hey, a ton of people just got killed. It's a question, though. That's got to smell really bad, right? Yeah, I'd probably say so. <laughs> also, it's like, you know, it takes some time to burn through bodies. And like, you know, right. people are gonna have to be staying out there and throwing more um, logs in. And, uh, you know, there's got to be people who are out there tending that. But that's probably best left for off the show, right? They don't need to show that a whole episode of that. Then I'd really, really pissed about pacing, right? Where it's like, <laughs> what the heck? But, you know, I thought that sort of had cinematic. And I thought that was a cool transition into the feast where you're seeing, like, Danny kind of not so subtly realizing that everybody's got friends but her. Yeah, well, I so I liked in the beginning before, though, where she kind of makes this political maneuver where you're supposed to realize that she is always kind of thinking about the politics where right. she um, basically, you know, calls up Gendry and makes him Lord of Storm's the Lord End. Lord of Storm's End. <laughs> and that was a very political move on her part because it's not like Gendry has like all this experience like running a castle. So we'll see how that goes. But Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> well, you're right. Series. It's just like, can Gendry do it? And that was a tough um, move when he like goes and basically proposes to Arya Stark. Oh, that was rough. But you, I mean, good for sense. them for making her character like stay the course because that's right. Arya is not a lady, right? She says that in season one. Right. 
And uh, what do you think about the whole Starbucks cup controversy? So for those of you that aren't aware, um, there was a Starbucks cup left in a shot at the feast sitting right in front of uh, Daenerys. And yeah, I don't know what you think about that. Any, any views? I think people made it into a little bit more of a big deal than it needed to be, uh, right? And mistakes happen, like... Uh, that wouldn't happen on Westworld, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, that's, stuff like that has happened. Yeah, and I guess since since this, they've I guess they've gone back and edited it, so if you go back and watch it, it might not be there anymore. Oh, really? Which is, I thought, interesting. Uh, the other thing, there's a great, there's a great meme that was of uh, Sansa with a cup, like, in between shoots. Uh, like on her Instagram, or not on her Instagram, but there was a photo online of her with a cup, and the idea was maybe she planted it there that Sansa framed Daenerys. That would be conspiracies. Uh, we're going deep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was you know I think I think that was easy to get upset about for me because I was like, what? How could they do that? When I was kind of already feeling a little bit down about the episode, so maybe I might have just jumped on that bandwagon a little bit because I was just like, oh, I'm frustrated that I'm. It's the show isn't necessarily always meeting my expectations. But I have very, very, very high expectations. That's why I think it might have been overall, too. I think if that was a really spectacular episode, people wouldn't have gotten so hung up about a Starbucks cup. But because it was such a disappointing episode, I think people are also like just looking for more and more and more to like tear it down. Yeah. I mean, it's just hard because there's a lot of areas to poke holes in. But, you know, I think we'll get to one of the big things with that in a little bit. What about stuff like Braum? Yeah. How did he just, like, walk into Winterfell and, like, nobody saw? Because he's Braum. I mean, is that what we're supposed to think? I guess. He's just, he's, he seems very powerful. Because he um, he's like, and he's basically like, hints, he's like, I'm leaving, but, like, I'll be back. And I'll find uh, I'm not sure how I feel about that. I generally am a pretty big fan of Braun. Yeah. Um, throughout the show, he is an interesting character. But in that scene, I just I wasn't feeling it. It was very strange and abrupt to me. I felt like it wasn't Braun. Like I felt like he's a little bit more sassy and that he'd be like you know, I could be persuaded if you, you know, I've got this, like, I feel like he would maybe negotiate a little bit more smoothly because he's threatening them and like, they could just have him killed. Yeah. Like he, they're like, oh no, he's going to come back and get us. But it's like, yeah. Or you could be like, hey, Daenerys, there's this guy walking on the crossbow. He threatened us, like, get him. Right. And like, where does he go when he leaves? Is he just like hiding in some corner of Winterfell? That's like hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> he's hiding out by the, the corpses. Like, you know, I don't know. Yeah, wait a second. Yeah, and those are the things where, like, I just, where I, I feel like the writing just was subpar. Like, there was so, I understand we have a lot of ground that we need to cover and a lot of characters that have arcs that need to be wrapped up. But, like you said, that scene felt like a different character. Right. And I think that's what's so disappointing is there are so many instances throughout this episode where characters were doing things and you're like i don't understand why this character that i've gotten to know over the last eight seasons is making this choice well you know that's sort of the biggest example of that for me is uh john and ghost and you know what and like i kept being like i can't believe he just like didn't even like pet the wolf, dire wolf or like anything but john honestly i'm trying to think back on the episodes and like he never really was that close to ghost i mean after he got killed, 
Ghost kind of disappeared from the screen time. And ever since then, they really haven't had much of a relationship. I feel like that's less plot, though, and more, like, budget. Yeah. But it was weird, right? That, like, leaving Winterfell and being like, I'm leaving. And, like, they show, like, the scene of, like, the Stark side of him, the Night's Watch side of him, the Free Folk side of him, like, all framed, you know, with Tormund, the Night's Watch, Sam and Gilly, you know, the Direwolf. And he's, like, leaving all that behind him. Very symbolic, but he just was like, I don't know. I, I, as someone who grew up with dogs, it was like weird to be like, Oh, like he's just like, looks at the dog and is like, meh. Yeah. He's just like, okay, you're, <laughs> you're with Tormund now. Bye. I, I absolutely love the fandom out there. The Tormund and ghost like images. They've like got Calvin and Hobbes ones. They've got just like all sorts of images of the two of them. And like, yeah, I want to see some Tormund and ghost. Uh, oh, you know, let's see that spin fan off. stories. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, I just, I really feel like they were trying to very much emphasize the whole, like, John is the rightful king. He would be a great king. And Daenerys is going down, like, the crazy train. And it was just, like, a little too much for me. And the funny thing is, I thought this episode was like, this is such a long episode. Like, we're not going to be able to fit all this in the podcast. I, right now, I feel like we're going like the show speed, like we're, we're blowing through these things. Because then also kind of a surprise, what I felt was maybe the sloppier writing, but it's like just seems to be the you're on Greyjoy way. It's like, surprise, I can do this thing. The ambush and killing of Rhaegal was right. crazy, unexpected, baffling. but like not unexpected in a good way, because like for the most part when the show does things and you're like whoa i didn't see that coming like it's good like you right. it's usually terrible for the character but right. it's good storytelling like i like to be caught unaware and this definitely caught me by surprise i was not expecting it but it was not done well at all like there was no reason to, to kill Rigal in that manner well i just don't <laughs> all right here we go so, how did they not see the ships so yeah so line of sight right if like if they can see you you can see them she's flying as well now like okay so maybe they're behind that uh that massive land in that in that uh channel so maybe she didn't see them initially um but the thing that kind of weirded me out was in the after the show thing when like the director speak they're like, yeah, so Daenerys sort of forgot about Euron. And uh, and I was like, really? Because that seems weird. Like, they mentioned it before. So I was, like, trying to look up stuff about it. And I found this great video someone made. It was a super cut of all the times in that episode they mention Euron. And they're like, it's like six times when they're, like, at the map. And they're like, yeah, they've got the second sons now. And, like, and then there's Euron's fleet. And they keep talking about, hey, you know, we've got to deal with Euron. Or, like, we want we got to get him back for earlier. And, you know, we can't forget about Euron. And then I was interested to hear the director. I know it's not part of the episode, but to hear the director be like, yeah, she kind of forgot about him. And I was just like, what did she though? I, I mean, like, and then the the whole, uh, the scorpion like bolt throwers, right? Those are actually a miniature you can get in uh, the Song of Wisdom Fire miniatures game. And uh, the way they are on the boat, right? So the way they pivot and, and the guy's like sitting in the seat, right? Um, so the way that physically was laid out he, you dip your butt down and it raises the front up, right? 
So at a certain point, your butt hits the ground and you can't aim up any higher. And so right. she's like charging at him. It's like, well, you know, she flew up like another 50 feet, 100 feet. You're good. Or, you know, you oh, fly around behind around, them. Yeah, flies around behind <laughs> them. Like, I was just like, oh, because like, she's like flying at him. It's like, oh, she's charging. I'm like, that's dumb. Like, she calls it off. But like, she could have, you know, flown past them and turned around or it just, it seemed like they wanted to, you know, they needed to make an outcome happen. And it just seemed like it was a challenging endpoint to get to. They need to get to the dragon being killed. So the surprise was maybe the easier way to do it because I think in a straight up fight, would they have been able to kill it? I don't know. That's what I felt like this whole episode was, is that they're like, we need to get the characters to this place in time by this episode. So like, uh, we just got to like make some stuff happen to set the reset the stage. Right. Basically it's the same with at the end with the whole Jamie and Brienne storyline. Right. Now, like right. people, I know there are people out there who probably been waiting for that moment, right. For Jamie and Brienne to be together. And like, I, to be honest, like I liked it, but didn't like it. Like I, I think I would have been okay if those two characters never did actually get together, but I was also okay with them getting together, but I don't like how they, what they did to Brienne's character at the end and Jamie's for that matter. It seemed like, again, just like Braun, like those weren't those characters. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I guess it just felt a little bit off and why, I mean, why make Brienne into this like she's a strong character and like to have right. her like crying at the end over him leaving because he's quote unquote going back to Cersei I mean I'm hoping that he just says that and it's like a misdirect and that he's not right. going back because he cares about Cersei he's going back to kill Cersei because that'd be great right right and because otherwise he it negates his entire storyline right I like, think he's saying that because he doesn't want her to follow him I'm hoping. Yeah, I think, I mean, at least <laughs> I hope so too. I guess I was pretty sure about that. And uh, I really hope they don't. Because I guess one thing is um, coming from the books, right? And coming from sort of uh, being a George R. R. Martin fan, I think he's talked a lot about how um, he doesn't really like the idea of genres and that he just tries to write. And like a lot of his short stories and things that kind of blend genres together. And I think a lot of his writing was compelling because he didn't care about um, certain tropes or he would subvert those tropes. And I think this episode and maybe some of the discontent I have about the series as a show in general now is that there's a lot of just like kind of these tropes and situations that happened that like aren't subverting expectations. And it like, I get like, you're always expecting for it to be subverted. So then maybe they got to switch it up by not, but um even like Masandi getting captured, right? So the ships all get hit and she gets captured. I think a scene of them fishing her out of the water would have really helped me because I felt like it was just like, oh my God, they got shot and like she's missing and like suddenly they have her. Not the end of the world, I guess. But then the way that whole thing went down where she's captured just felt kind of cheesy, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, you know what? Like you can get to that point and I might still be a little like, uh, all right. But like, if I could understand the the justification in like baby steps, if it was laid out for me a little bit more, 
maybe it wouldn't have been so jarring. Yeah, I don't know. I agree. Um, yeah, the the pacing was just so off on this episode. And like you said, they could have shown us just little snippets of things so that we could see how this character is getting from point A to point B would be helpful, especially because, like I said, in the first two episodes of this season, they did a lot of making sure they took the time to set the characters all up for us. And I know some people didn't like that. They thought it was a little too slow, but I think there's a happy medium here that we're just not reaching. Right. But anyway, um, how many unsullied do we think are left at this point <laughs> because that army was very pathetic that and then they had to swim brought... to shore like the people on the shore that like washed ashore was not much yeah, and that end scene there's barely anyone there and like I 12 people was starting to wonder like uh cersei could just kill all of them right now like why is she not doing that well that's that was like that wasn't her forces right on the battlefield it wasn't just like hey it's just 20 people and a dragon i'm assuming that was just like her entourage her diplomatic right, they were right there with all of the weapons like they could have just why I, after what happened to Rigal, why are you landing your last dragon your only yeah. dragon <laughs> I felt like that was supposed to be like the suspense of the moment, right? But it was a kind of a cheap throw. Like, are they going to kill Tyrion? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. There's Bowman ready. She's like, is she going to tell them to stop or not? But I guess I don't understand the character motivation right now for Cersei. It seems like she wants to just battle it out. And, you know, why wouldn't she? She kills Masande. Like, why isn't she killing Tyrion? Or why isn't she trying to take Daenerys out? Like, there's no incentive for her to drag this out, is there? I mean, Cersei's got the high ground, literally and figuratively right now. Um, Seemingly in a much better position. Like, her armies are well-rested and intact, whereas Daenerys, and John have weakened armies because they just got done fighting the Night King. They've now had to march all the way down to King's Landing. Half of them are dead at this point, and Danny's started with three. She started this all out with three dragons. She's now got one. Uh, the playing field, in my mind, is pretty level. Yeah, and I guess, like, what is the value of the dragons now on a... I mean, there's a huge asset having a dragon, but, you know, it can melt the castle walls, but the scorpion bolt throwers are, seem to be pretty good against it. I don't know how fast they can reload, but, you know, that's the other thing. Those ships fired 12 volleys, you know, they have 12 ships, they all fired, then it's like, well, do they have to reload for the next, like, three minutes? Like, uh, I don't know. Um, I guess I just don't, yeah, I guess I'm just kind of still reeling from not, understanding like i can't like grok what's going on fully and i wonder where this is going for these next two episodes yeah i mean we still we have you know cersei to battle and then there's still the question of daenerys versus john right so that's what you think is going to happen cersei falls tomorrow then the final episode is who's getting the throne. And I'm assuming it's not like we lock ourselves in the king's like chamber and we like talk it out like level-headed people. <laughs> right. 
Right. Well, they're I like they're very much pushing the Daenerys Mad Queen angle, and the Jon Snow would be a better king. But I'm again, I'm hoping for a misdirect. The thing because is like, I think that's would, really boring. Do you think Jon Snow would be a better king? Like, I don't. what has he done? I, I I know he's not a Stark. He's a Targaryen, but um, he's very Ned Stark esque. In, but in like in, all the bad ways, like I feel like Jon Snow's character has just been a series of failures over and over and over again. Like he uh, goes to the Night's Watch thinking it's going to be a certain way, but it isn't. He ends up like uh, deserting essentially from the Night's Watch to, to, to like betray his Night's Watch brethren to like join the Free Folk, but then betray them to join and come back to the Night's Watch. But then he gets killed and like that was all kind of for nothing. And like his honor just like Ned is always getting in the way. And it's just him constantly being saved by like a powerful female figure over and over again, which fits into how he falls in with Daenerys. But, you know, are these traits that make him a successful leader? I don't, have we seen him? Do you feel like he is like successfully leading? I feel like he's getting by. He inspires people. I think people like him. And so he's able to inspire armies. But Mm. as far as like the politic the, like the political side of what being a king would mean, he cannot do that at all whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> like, not even a little bit. And Daenerys is very good at that. Like she right. had time to practice that. Um, right. I'm not saying that I think that she might be the best person to end up on the Iron Throne though either. Like we have are seeing right. a side of Daenerys that is very um, imperialistic. So right. I don't know that she would be the person I would place on the throne at the end, but would she be worse than Robert Baratheon? Oh, that's a great question. Like um, she's going to be better than Cersei. I mean, I think we all know everyone is kind of just waiting for Cersei to get right. off the throne. Right. Like yeah. there's sort of no question. They really play up the evil queen aspect of her character and right. they have been for quite some time. Well, she's no longer like a real point of view character. I mean, she's barely, a, she's barely a character in she, my she, mind at this point. In right. the beginning of the series, they made her very, very right, there's no entertaining. Like you love to hate her. Right. And there's now no, you just straight hate her. You're over right. it. And there's no moments where I'm like, you know, is anybody there's no way to be on like team Cersei anymore because it's like oh well she had this troubled background she raised she had these ambitions she's always wanted to be this thing now she's a little bit more two-dimensional because they've had not enough enough time to they they haven't had a lot of time to really give scenes with her where you're getting to see like the inside of what's going on like the whole situation with her and Euron her sleeping with him didn't show us any insight into like her character really well they're not two characters I think that you get any development from right. when they're interacting together. Like Cersei, it's in her moments with Jamie and Tyrion and when she was with her children right. that you saw like the humane side of her and that the part that made her an interesting character. With Euron, I also feel like, I mean, I think he's very different in the books. So I want that just to be noted. But what the TV show has done with his character is they've just made him into a caricature of like a pirate okay so just to recap then you think next episode cersei dies the following episode it's the battle for the throne between the remaining good guys 
Yeah, I mean, I think some more characters are going to die. You think Varys bites it? He's he's got to die, right? But he's talking some he's he's talking some truth here. You think Tyrion's going to out him? Yeah, uh, I mean, I that was the one scene I think I did kind of enjoy actually in this last episode was like was there the two of them like back to their scheming like because Varys has kind of been sitting on the sidelines this yeah. whole season, so I liked that they like brought him back into like this. Um scheming yeah. mode but that was great uh, that felt but, like the characters yeah no he's definitely gonna but die that felt like the characters <laughs> like i was just thinking um i was doing some painting and i was just putting the show on in the background and uh from season one it's uh robert baratheon sitting at his table talking with sir barristan the bold and jamie lannister about like the first person they killed and it's just like just this character development and it just feels like literally the characters are just getting a real sense of who they are. The plot's not necessarily moving forward, but you're learning so much about them. The Varys Tyrion discussion was one of those things where it's like, okay, it had character development. It was also like setting the plot up to move forward. It just seemed to like hit all the notes of like what I expect in the series. And it was just like great acting. There's tension because you're like, oh my God, what's going to happen? But it's not like, Oh, is someone gonna stab someone in the neck? Or are they gonna like push him off a cliff? Right. Um, and I, I, I kind of want that, but I realize like that's a that's a huge luxury when you're trying to get race through a series of plot points. Like you don't have a lot of time to have scenes like that. And maybe that's what I'm worried about. Like Ari and the Hound. Like I want to see a little bit more of that on their way down, as opposed yeah. to us having to like fill in the blanks. Like they give right. us the archetype, we know the archetype, so now we fill the rest in. Great, but like. You know, what made the show great to me earlier was that, you know, they did some of that work and they would delight in putting in the elements that make these characters a little more well-rounded. But maybe I just need to come to terms with that. We aren't in a character developing stage anymore. It's a, it's a finale. I just, I don't know. I feel like we need a little bit more of a balance because otherwise characters die want to feel something, right? Right, right. Um, well, as as opposed to annoyance at the writers being like, wait, why yeah. did they? <laughs> no, but you know, like these, we've been with these characters since the beginning. Like we are seeing their arcs being completed. And I want to feel that when I'm watching the show. And I was disappointed when, you know, Rhaegal gets shot and I didn't, I just felt, I was like, whoa, what was that? What just happened? But I didn't feel sad because it was not well executed it just felt frustrated hmm. hoping that we don't get more of that um i think for sure cersei has to die in this next episode she just i don't see other any other path for that character um varies was it's kind of ha has to die too i think um, maybe he makes it to the last episode I hope we get to see just, you know, people have been calling for it, but we'll get to see a Clegane Bowl. Yep. What do you think? I I want that. I'm kind of scared to get what I've been, you know, like you want something so bad. I have expectations is what I should say. And because of that, I don't know. I'm worried it's not going to be able to live up to what I would like to see. Ugh. 
Yeah, and then what? I keep thinking that maybe Arya does end up killing the Hound. Like he gets like so wounded yeah. that she does instead of leaving him there, like she does earlier right. in the series. That she does get she does actually kill him in the end, but it's not. It's more of like a mercy kill. And then there's the flashback to the dreams. There were Daenerys was like standing amongst the throne. Uh, in earlier seasons and it was like snowing and now it's like, okay, so that's probably Ash. So it was like the whole purpose of this episode to say Daenerys is going to getting pissed off. All these things that happen, she's going to do something rash. She's going to kill all those people. And, you know, so she takes out Cersei, she kills the people and in the fire and destruction, Clegane Bowl happens. We tie up all those things with a nice little ribbon. Maybe. Or Cersei. I mean, she still does have wildfire. So yeah. she can just be If she can't have it, no planning. one can have it. Yeah. I mean, I think it could go either way. Um, and I, I'm hoping that this next episode is a little bit better than episode four. Yeah. So I feel like I was super down on this episode. Generally, I feel like we're pretty positive people. PMA, positive mental attitude. But... <laughs> But I think I had a lot of expectations, and I feel like I've got some expectations for next next episode. Uh, it's one thing I think when I have a, a few episodes, you know, like when they went by, beyond the wall in season seven, I was like, "What is this?" But you know, things rebound, uh, and so this might be one where I wasn't thrilled. You know, the battle for Winterfell with the the undead, I was like, "Oh, that's kind of crazy." There were things I didn't like, things I did like, but in the end, it was you know palatable. This one maybe left a little bit more of a, a not a great taste in my mouth. And uh, hopefully things can write. You know, maybe they cut some corners this episode and the next episode will, will really nail it. So stay tuned. We'll be talking on the Discord after the show if you're on the On The Table Discord. And uh, maybe let us know in the comments below. What do you think of this episode? But maybe it's your favorite episode. Maybe we've got it totally wrong. We're going negative, And you're like, hey, actually, this is the best thing that this show has put together. You know, tell us what we got wrong, what you agreed with, what you disagreed with. And we'll catch up with you after the next episode.